okay then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. From the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke show. Wolf, we already have, as you just heard Sarah say in the update. It's you know kind of breaking news to begin things off. You know what? How rude of me. How yes, are you today? Exactly. No, I'm doing great, as a matter of fact. Even though <laughs> I've been talking me? to you for an hour and a half. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Are uh, you kidding me? It's Wednesday. Here we go. Game plan day. A big game plan day. Heavy game plan day for every NFL team. Of course, that's got me all jacked up right now. Last night, some great October baseball as well. You better believe it. I'm ready to go. How about you, Luke? I- I'm all in on the baseball. I really am. I mean, would it be nicer if the D-backs were in it? Yeah. Uh, Sarah mentioned this on the morning show today, though. In some ways, it's kind of fun when your team isn't in it. It's less stressful. Don't get me wrong. I'd rather have the D-backs there. But it's just fun to watch some of these games and every pitch. And you were saying this a couple weeks ago, a four-hour baseball game in October works in its favor because yeah. then the drama oh. just builds between each pitch. It's it's, it's great. I'm, I'm loving these playoffs. And honestly, these playoffs haven't even been that great yet. The first round was a bunch of sweeps. Let me tell you right now, though, especially when you hit a three-run bomb to walk it off. <laughs> right? Hit a three-run uh, bomb yeah. to walk it off, baby. That that was huge. Of course, talking about the Astros and the, C- the Mariners game last night. It was just so cool. There's a, a few of these teams I wouldn't mind if they lost like the Astros would be at the top of the list. Um, I find myself not hating the Yankees as much as I did as a child, but they don't need to win the World Series. Yeah. And uh, the Dodgers really don't need to either. So if any one of those teams wants to get out, I would gladly adopt San Diego or the Mariners as my uh, my playoff teams this year, although it doesn't look too great for either one of them. Now, the Mariners in particular, Wolf, that matters to us here because if they win one of the next two games and force a Game 4 in Seattle on Sunday... That pushes the Cardinals' start time back to 2.30. Yeah, I saw that. Um, that sucks, Buttermilk. I mean, anything that pushes the game back, of course, it stinks, in my opinion. How would you handle that as a player if the game got pushed back while you were sitting? I guess, really I guess they'll would know not going have in. Mattered. Yeah, it really would not have mattered very much when you're talking about, what, an hour? An hour and 20 uh, minutes? Yeah, or 125. 125, somewhere in there. Um, yeah, it really would not have made that big a difference. All that meant is instead of 18 cups of coffee, I'd be drinking 26. <laughs> Yeah, when I asked that, I meant specifically how would Wolf handle that? Because I know you like to get there before anybody else I start did. the games and, like, let's get this going. As a matter of fact, if somebody else ever beat me into the locker room on game day, I, I I was very uncomfortable with that. I did not like it. It was like, you're late. What are you doing, you slacker? <laughs> you realize you're in this league for one reason and one reason only, and that's because you know how to give damage and take damage. That's it. You're really, really good at me. <laughs> I was a wedge booster. How are you? Oh, my goodness. You had to drop that on me out of nowhere right there. Um, Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I did. Uh, I took damage, and I gave damage really, really well. And yet, are you kidding me? Now we're going to have to push it back? Um, yeah, that's never a good thing right there. Play the game. Let's uh, let's get into this a little bit with the Seahawks. And, and this thought hit me yesterday while we were doing the show, how weird it is. And I'm... Guilty of this too, Wolf, or maybe guilty is not even the right word because it's kind of been proven to be right over the last 12 months. I'm excited the Cardinals are on the road this week. 
I feel pretty good about their chances to win a game because they're not at home. But think about how ridiculous <laughs> that is that we want the Cardinals to go to Seattle to find a win, which traditionally has not been the easiest place in the world to win. That said, Seattle's not the same team this year. They obviously, in the offseason, look like a team that was stripping it down, selling off all their parts, and going into full rebuild mode. But that said, they're actually not that bad. And they are a much different team than we are used to seeing from every angle. So different. Pete Carroll, what do you think of when you think of Pete Carroll, Luke? What do you think of when you think of the Seattle Seahawks? The Seattle Seahawks. Uh, That's the first thing Uh, I think of. That's the first thing you think of right there. I think of a a guy who chews too much gum. Okay, too much gum. And a guy who, you know, a guy who tends to get the most out of the the talent he has on his roster. What's the brand of football you expect to see, though? What kind of football? Solid defense and letting Russ cook. There it is right there. A solid defense. And the one thing you're going to do, or not going to do, I should say, is run over the Seattle Seahawks. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> Welcome That's, to 2022. See, that kind of is the problem right there. This team looks so different based on earnings of the Seattle Seahawks under Pete Carroll. Um, okay, yeah, uh, he's got a new defensive coordinator, uh, uh, coordinator, but at the same time, just looking at it, in the, the Seattle Seahawks also over the last couple seasons, you have to understand this. Their defense has taken the first half of the season to kind of mold and, and gel a little bit and, and be malleable the way that Pete wants it to be. And it, and it took them the first half of the season, I would say over the last two years, um, to really come together in the second half and get better. Well, right now, when you watch them on tape, it is, it's horrifying. What you're seeing right now. And I'm sure Pete Carroll's like, Hey, listen, this has happened in the last couple of seasons. We're going to get better in the second half. We're going to, we're going to gel a little bit right now. We're struggling, but you're talking about number 32 in yards per game allowed in the NFL and number 32 in yards per play allowed. <laughs> in other words, <laughs> in other words, if you're going to get your offense going. You, this is the week to do it. You, this is, and not only that, Luke, it's been the first half that has been the problem with the Seahawks. They have gotten better defensively as the game. They've had a hard time starting, in particular, the Seattle Seahawks, just like the Arizona Cardinals offense. Yeah, here's the stat. I've been looking for it for the last five minutes, and I finally got it. The Cardinals, of course, are last in the NFL, scoring 0.0 points per game in the first quarter. Um, 0.0 points per quarter. What's your point? That's just to set this up. The Seahawks are 28th in, in first quarter points allowed, averaging 5.6. The Seattle Seahawks suck. Right? The Cardinals are last in um, points allowed, too. This is I'm not looking at any more stats for the rest of the show. I, yeah. I didn't realize the Cardinals were allowing the most first quarter points, too. Yeah. I just, that's, they that's weren't what, scoring. The, the entire, that's what I was trying to tell you I yesterday. Know, I just think didn't about think it was it. That the entire bad. team has really not gotten off. To good stars. It's supposed to make me feel better. No. This, this segment was supposed to make no. me feel better. No, it was supposed to. <laughs> See how it blew up in your face? Right, taste right, it, it's Luke. eight minutes into the show, and I I'm mean, all taste it right ruined. now. That's going to be the theme of the day. Just taste it. That's the theme of the day. Taste that, it. Just taste it, we man. Should, we should probably get taste, that sponsored. It taste. <laughs> you know what? You know, anytime you're going to talk about food and a food sponsor, that's exactly what we need. Yeah, Max Stark's joining us here in a little bit too. <laughs> <laughs> totally unrelated. It's just, it's so weird to see a Pete Carroll team um, play football the way that they're playing right now. 
Uh, they don't run the ball extremely well. I'm not trying to say that they're not good in terms of running the ball. I'm not trying to say that because they are. They do an excellent job of running the ball, but that that really isn't their strength. To me, their strength is throwing the ball, <laughs> and Geno Smith is their quarterback. Yeah. Okay, yeah. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, the talent they have on the outside, we're all doomed. All right. <laughs> because they're that good. Okay, so but that's not their strength, you know? Um it's not running the ball and it always has been to me running the ball and playing great defense and to see the Seahawks just struggle defensively the way that they are. It's so uncomfortable. It's very similar to looking at the Arizona Cardinals offense, especially over the last third of last year and what we've seen this year so far. You're looking at the worst first quarter offense in the NFL going up against one of the worst first quarter defenses in the NFL this weekend. You put it so succinctly. Something's got to give. Well, only because we're going to break. Something's got to give between those, those two things. I riffed for, what, four minutes on that right there? Well, I think, <laughs> you just kind of encapsulated <laughs> yeah, it. I'm hey, here. Listen, here it is. They said, go summarize Wolf and get to break. Yeah, that's what okay, they said. I see. Uh, Arizona goes primetime next week as the Phoenix Suns tip off the NBA season against the Dallas Mavericks. And the Cardinals take on the New Orleans Saints for Thursday night football. So we are giving you the chance to experience both in person. This is a great uh, promotion here. Just text primetime to 620-620 and listen for your name starting next Monday for your chance to win two tickets to both games. Plus, one lucky winner each day is going to win their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or a DeAndre Hopkins jersey. It's a tough call, Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, text primetime to 620-620. When we come back, if the Phoenix Suns peaked, one major publication believes they have. We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. And Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Looking for eye black right now. Are you not, brothers? Just once, right? It really doesn't matter what level you play in the National Football League. It doesn't matter if you played collegiately. It doesn't matter if you're in high school. You know what it was like to walk in that tunnel with the hat on, all buckled up, and a little eye black being streaked down your face. You know what it was like. It was a beautiful thing. It doesn't matter if you were playing pop order football. <laughs> hey! What do you Come out with a dark heart and a painted face. And lace some lumber to some of these sacks, as we used to call them. Okay, that's enough out of you, Luke. Let's get Wolf Moore fired up today. <laughs> he was listening to Metallica before the show. Uh, I want to talk basketball here, though, Wolf, <laughs> after all that. That felt so good, man. Yes. Uh, it's good to get that out of the way early in the show, too. Yes, now, it does. now anything goes for right. the next uh, three and a half hours. What do you got for me? Suns wrap up the preseason tonight. Boy, 
After that intro, does anything get you more fired up than watching Sacramento Kings preseason basketball? Yeah, no, yeah. no. Um, so the Suns take on better. the Suns take on Sacramento tonight at home, yeah. and uh, and then the season, of course, starts a week from tonight at Footprint Center against Luca and the Mavericks. The Athletic put out their season previews for each team, and uh, John Hollinger put his out for the Phoenix Suns, and it's long. But read through it, and the tone, Wolf, was one of, I don't know, sometimes you can tell, like, I hate this team and I'm going to trash them, or I have an agenda. I'm gonna, I didn't get that, yeah. that sense from John Hollinger at all. It seemed almost like he was trying to talk himself into the Suns being fine. But even within the first couple paragraphs, uh, here's a couple quotes. The Suns don't exactly enter this season in a happy place. That's one. That is the story. such a true statement. Um, not having Cameron Johnson off the bench is a massive hit to their depth. Tory Craig is a likely replacement. Now, I like Tory Craig, but I don't want him to be the sixth man. I don't think he will be the sixth man, but just in general, he obviously moved way up in the rotation. Sure. So they now need more from Tory Craig. Uh, they also talk about the potential Jay Crowder trade, and they say trading Crowder for equivalent value would solve the problem, but could prove difficult in practice if a team has a stretch for it likes already. It doesn't need Crowder. And that is simplistic and true. There's, I don't understand how you're going to trade Jay Crowder for what you need because what you need at that point is essentially Jay Crowder. Yes. Which team's going to give you that? The teams that are going to want Jay Crowder are going to give you a draft pick because they want him and they're playing for now. Are, are, but the problem is the Suns are playing for now. Yeah. Are you angling? Towards keeping Jay Crowder once again. Are you I, doing I, that right well, now? I don't are think it's falling? possible. Are you, are you walking down that path once I, again? I don't want to give up Jay Crowder. I, I, I live on that path. Right. <laughs> you want me on that path. I'm not leaving um, that path. I can tell you right now, this is a question you have to ask. Did James Jones hope they couldn't find any trade options for Jay Crowder? <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Did, did he? Did he? It was a I've, I've wondered that. How big of a piece of James Jones wanted Jay Crowder to just kind of, you know, Jay, we tried, man. And, you know, it wasn't going to happen. That's why I want to see how quickly this plays out. Because if we start to get two or three weeks into the season, and Jay Crowder's not traded, but he's also not playing. He's yeah, wasting a year of his career. Correct. The Suns need him. That's cold, hard cash, homie. <laughs> and it's just not good for anybody at that point. Now, we'll get more to Jay Crowder in a little bit, but the, the overwhelming theme of this piece on The Athletic, their season preview of the Suns, Wolf, was a question that maybe the Phoenix Suns have already peaked. And this is something we kind of touched on yesterday before I read this story. I hope it's not true. I still think they are a legitimate NBA okay. title contender this season. Okay. But as you said yesterday, can you really in good faith sit here and say they are as good today as they were a year ago on this day? Can you say that, Luke? Because I, I, right I gave now. you my answer yeah, I, yesterday. I can't right now. I, no. Right now, I don't think their roster, when you look at the roster right now, is as talented or tough. Or deep. As what it was, or deep. Exactly right. I, I don't think it is. So now, what? You, you've you got, okay, Chris Paul and a year older Chris Paul. And the one thing that is right now, for whatever reason, and, and I love Chris Paul. What a huge fan I am of Chris Paul and the respect that I have for him. But the one thing certain, in the playoffs, he, he's going to get hurt. I... <laughs> And I hate saying that, yet the the evidence is right there. And different teams have tried a lot of different ways to mm-hmm. keep him healthy. 
Um, and that has not happened right now. So have the Phoenix Suns crested uh, their potential? Has it reached its peak? I think you could build an argument and say, yes, they have. And this team is not as good as what it was last year. And there's one asterisk that I need to say. I'm going to add an asterisk to your what asterisk. Is it? Well, you go ahead and say okay. yours, and I'm going to add one to that. It's DeAndre Ayton, okay. and whether DeAndre Ayton grabs the ball and dunks it underneath or tries to finger roll it. <laughs> In a gross simplification of the truth, that's it. I would also add, yes, DeAndre Ayton. For the, for the only way this team hasn't peaked is if... DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, and Cam Johnson are still getting better. Now, I think at a certain point, it's an unfair ask of Devin Booker. Hey, can you go out there and get better? I mean, by all accounts, most people consider him a top 10 player in the NBA at this point. He may still get better. He has done every year of his career. He's gotten better. You're right. DA is the biggest thing. If he gets better, then this team hasn't changed. Changes everything. Cam Johnson is the other one I would throw in there. Now, he doesn't have the upside of DA, but... I do think he's more likely to improve this year than D.A., if that makes sense. No, I think you're right. What do you yeah. think of this paragraph, though, at, at, towards the end of the story? It says, uh, what's so curious about the Sun situation is that they've been in a position for a while now to make the type of all-in move that the Bucks, Hawks, Wolves, and Cavaliers made by exchanging multiple future draft picks for a star player who can put them over the hump right now, and they just haven't pulled the trigger. Okay. Now, so they're talking about Kevin Durant. Well, is that it right there? Yeah, they go on and say, now you can point out Kevin Durant, that was something. Okay, that, sure. but, but they're just saying in general, set aside the KD thing. They didn't get KD, at least not yet. They have not really gone all in yet in the athletics mind. And okay. that's an interesting thought because even if they haven't peaked, the best case scenario, Wolf, I would say, is they are peaking. Right, you've either already peaked or you're peaking right now. Like your window to win a championship yeah. is now if it hasn't already started to close. Okay, yeah. Can, can I? It's interesting. You're 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 focused on this and how they're ending that story. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that was. Oh. And then they projected fifty wins for me right now. It started with a happy place. Explain. This is this is a team that is not in a happy oh, place. Yeah. Can I tell you this right now? (laughs) Were the Suns in a happy place last year? Prior to May, they sure seemed pretty happy. No, I was. I'm telling you, yeah. I I know the whole DA thing was out there, and are they going to offer him the max and everything else? And they did. I I understand that, but this team was so strong, loved each other. The culture on this team was mind numbing. We talked about it over and over and over again. Throughout the season, and then the Maverick series happened yeah. and blew our collective minds. And I'm not just talking about us. I'm talking about Suns fans. I'm talking about everybody that knew this team. And, the and to team. see them play so disparately from what we had seen all season long, it was mind-numbing. Nothing short of that. This, what happened last year is not over. It isn't. And they're not in a happy place right now. See, but my question is, is that going to work for them ultimately? I, I tend in a good way. I tend to be maybe overly optimistic when it comes to the Suns. If you told me pick five teams to win the title, they'd be one of my five this year. I still think they can do that. I don't. I, I can't say that without seeing. But this is like when you talk about the happy place or what this team's just mentality is this season. 
I absolutely could see a scenario where they start off and they're eight and two or nine and one, and it just looks like last year. Everybody's having a great time and they're teasing each other, whatever. They're but the problem that I can't get away from with last year, Wolf, is the second they really started to face adversity on the court. Like they had injuries over the course of the season, but with the season on the line and they faced adversity against Dallas, they just completely fell apart. So I need to see them face adversity on the court this season. And I'm not talking about, hey, we're down by eight to whoever and we come back and win on a Tuesday night. I mean, like with your season on the line or your team identity on the line, I need to see them respond. Now, they did it two years ago, but the last image we have of this team is them completely folding to an inferior Dallas Mavericks team. So I do feel like they're going to figure it out. But don't you have to kind of see it first? Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. This is a prove it season for the Suns. Prove it. That's just a weird spot to be in with uh, with this team, the way they played last year. Texas, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Who are the best teams in the National Football League? We're going to rank our top five heading into week six next with our NFL Power Poll. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL Power Power Poll. Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. All right, it is Wednesday. That means it is time for the Wolf and Luke Power Poll, as we do every Wednesday at this time. Uh, Wolf, you want to start or you want to go second this week? Yeah, let me just start by saying I hate my Power Poll. And <laughs> That's the spirit. I mean, honestly, who despises their Power Poll? Well, I despise Power Polls to begin with. But especially this one. Well, I feel like the top three was easy, but after that, it got a little crazy. Let's start at number five. Number five. I feel like we just blew out every speaker in every car across the city with that. Uh, All right, here I'll go first. Number five, Wolf. I have, and they. I will. This is a caveat right out of the gate. If they go out there and lose to the Giants this week, this team will not be in my top five for the rest of the season, no matter what they do. Somebody needs to beat the Giants. But I, I have Baltimore at number five. I, I, with Lamar Jackson, I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt over a couple good teams. Yeah. I have uh, the three and two Ravens at number five. I can't do it right now. I just can't. Um, well, I'm interested I, to see who you found to put in there because I struggled with this. What I am going to do is put the Dallas Cowboys uh, at four and one right now. I'm going to put the star at number five. I understand. I get it. It's Cooper Rush, everybody. And at some point in time, he's going to be running the ball instead of throwing it. Uh, Listen, uh, Cooper Rush, can I just tell you right now, he is a game manager. And I think Cooper Rush could have a long career in the National Football League being just that as a backup, a game manager. But this defense is defense no is joke yeah. for the Dallas Cowboys. And it's because of their ability to run the ball and play some defense that I'm going to put the Dallas Cowboys at 4-1, and one, number 5. Micah Parsons is so ridiculous, and he's not the only guy on that defense. I, see, I'm, I'm torn on this, Wolf, because I, I kind of think Dallas comes back and wins that division. But I trust Nick Sirianni over Mike McCarthy in a playoff game if they were to meet. Mm. So I go back and forth with Dallas and Philadelphia. Uh, All right. I didn't put Dallas on my list, but they were number six. Just because of that defense. I still don't know what's up with the offense. I don't know what to make of it, but they are four and one. On to number four. Number four. Four. All right. Number four, Wolf. This is my most boring pick every week. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number four. I don't think this team is great. 
but I also know that's not the sort of team you want to play against in the playoffs. And uh, I was also informed by Maloney before the show that neither one of us better have Green Bay in our top five after what they just did. And you know what? She's right. They couldn't beat the Giants in London with a huge lead. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings at number four. Number four, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I realize Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. <laughs> And that was going to be my first I'm question. I'm just saying, I, listen, I, I know this is a guy that puts up a lot of numbers, and he's having another solid season, no doubt about it, as the Minnesota Vikings quarterback. Um, they're doing a really good job of protecting him, and he's right in the middle of the pack for the most part in terms of giving the ball to the opponent. Their interception ratio is right in the middle of the pack for the most part. But for whatever reason, they're winning games. And that always has been the question with Kirk Cousins for me. Yeah. They, you know, the 4-1 and one start right now, the Minnesota Vikings have my attention. And they're worthy of actually being in the top five of the power well, pool. Now I hate your power pool, too. Um, I, I despise it. But the good news is they only have one more primetime game. And in primetime, Kirk Cousins is like the worst quarterback in NFL history. They just get the Patriots on November 24th. So that's that's their only primetime game left. I don't trust him in the playoffs, but I will say this, Wolf, before the season, you're looking at a team with Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen, all these weapons on yeah. offense. And I, I started for the first time I can ever remember to buy in, and then I watched them on Monday night in Week 2 against Philadelphia and was like, what am I watching? But it was primetime. Yeah. Kirk Cousins in primetime, he's not the same guy at all. Um, I'm still right. waiting for him to. You like that? <laughs> all right, let's go on to number three. <laughs> number three. Three. Number three. We just saw them up close. I know they're undefeated. This is where I had them last week, and this is where I'm going to keep them this week. It's not a knock, but I have the Philadelphia Eagles at number three, even though they are five and zero. Oh. Yeah, you know what? This is going to go very similarly, I believe. Yes, number three, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I believe I also had him number three. (laughs) Don't hold me to that because my power poles get torn up with glee on my face. Yeah, you say that. You you hang them on Um, your refrigerator after every show. But the Philadelphia Eagles at 5-0 right now. Number three in the power poll. All right, that's uh, number three. And I'm not buying it. Number (laughs) (laughs) Begrudgingly at number three. Here's number two. Number two. Number two, Wolf, this is where it's going to get interesting next week when we do these power polls. Number two, I still have Kansas City. They look unstoppable when the game is on the line. I I have yet to see a team that can stop Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, and I certainly didn't see it on Monday night when they completed four touchdowns. But, uh, But they had to rally to beat the Raiders. They are, to me, the second best team in the NFL only because the team I have at number one looks unbeatable. Okay, you know what? I also have the Kansas City Chiefs at number two. I just want to go ahead and move them to number one right now, just because you had them right, at number it. two. Okay, so we'll get an answer this Sunday. Uh, my beloved Buffalo Bills. I'm going to put them at number two right now, just because Luke actually has them number one. That's why so I went first. I'm going to go ahead and put them at number two, and not only that too, because I want the the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen to know what an underdog they truly are. <laughs> They're number two in my power bowl, not number one. How does that make you feel, Josh? Let's, uh, How does that make you feel? Right over to Bob. Let's get. Let's tell Zoe you said that. He can tell Josh, and then we can exactly. compare. That'll fire the how Bills does up. That, because I love the Bills and how they play. They can, they can be whatever they need to be to beat you. 
And I love that. All right, well then, with that in mind, let's go to number one. Number one. Numero uno. Unbelievable. Yeah, number one, it's it's the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but this is, again, i got to point this out. Bills Chiefs play this weekend. And <laughs> I know you just said, well, if the Bills are an underdog, um, half joking, they're actually favored in Arrowhead. That's When's the are last time a team serious? was favored in Arrowhead? Wait a minute. Yeah. Really? Yep. Listen, I I don't know anything about gambling based on earnings, but where's do I got a Lincoln on me right now? I could drop on that. <laughs> Lincoln. Who calls them Lincolns? Well, five bucks. I know. I understand. I, mean, I cracked oh. your code. I just oh. <laughs> <laughs> what you were saying. I'm just saying. Five, does anyone gamble with five bucks? Does anyone do that? I think they'll run you out of a casino. How about a Ben Franklin? How about that? That's a little. Yeah, okay. A little now crazy. all of a sudden, how about that? <laughs> now I'm listening. I'm ready to drop some cash on that one. I think. Uh, it's so it actually has moved too. It's Buffalo minus three <laughs> in Kansas City. So they've actually become more favored as we've spoken. I have no idea what you just said, but that. Is unthinkable. You don't even to me totally right know now. what you just said either. Yes, right. Unthinkable. All right, so I have the Bills one. I'm assuming you have the Chiefs one, and they play this uh, this weekend. Yes. That's, yes, a, that's I, a good football game. That is good. That's going to be so good. When is that game exactly? That is at one twenty-five, running simultaneous to your Cardinals. And uh, yeah, and appreciate CBS. that. Thank you very unless, much. Lastly, it's a later game. Unless It'll start. Yeah. Right? Unless the well, if well, the, the time change, then all of a sudden you get hit with that. I'm host. <laughs> But either way, they start at the same time unless the Mariners win a game against the Astros, and then that pushes the Cardinals back an yeah, hour. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Um, all right. That's, that's the end of the power pull right there. I love how you took a shot at the uh, at the time change. Are we getting rid of that, thank by the way? Thank goodness for DVR, by the way. Yeah. But you can do that. Just boom. Just record that yeah. thing and play it back I'll definitely without the be, commercials. Uh, I'll be recording the uh, the Chiefs and Bills this week. Uh, all right. Where do the Cardinals stand with their injuries to the running back room? We're going to get you caught up on that, and we're going to talk to two-time Super Bowl champion Max Starks next. Maximum football is coming up. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Matt Starks. Matt Starks. Maximum Maximum Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle Matt Starks. It is Wednesday. That means it is time for some Maximum Football. Max Starks joining us on the line right now. Max, what's going on? Super, super, gentlemen. How how art thou on this on this good day? I mean, I felt good. I don't know if I feel super, though. It's now I kind of feel like I'm missing yeah. out. Monday, I was angry. <laughs> I was angry on Monday. Yeah, and that's true. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, just in a foul mood on Tuesday. I think I'm much better now. I didn't I, notice it yesterday. To, yeah, I watched a little tape on the Seattle Seahawks defense. And I, <laughs> oh. All of a sudden, got all jacked off. You saw the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> Give you a little hope. Just saying. <laughs> the middle of their defense. Okay, next. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, listen, both of us uh, are feeling the same way. You know, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, the Steelers are a little bit worse uh, off. Um, but like you said, the Car- the Cardinals are in a position where, you know, you have a tough game last week against the Philadelphia Eagles and a very winnable position at the end, but come up a little bit short. But, you know, you do have the Seahawks and Geno Smith uh, coming to town. Um, so it's something something a little bit to be excited about. Um yeah, it was just it was tough, man. It was tough watching that game because I thought, 
I thought, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you're on edge and you're just like, okay, the Cardinals are going to overcome it. And you keep waiting for that moment. And that, that moment just yeah. did not come in the end because they were, they were in position to really take down the last undefeated team in the NFL. Uh, shift your focus to this week against Seattle, Wolf. And I think part of the reason that you are feeling better after watching the film on Seattle is their run defense has been miserable this yeah. year, right? That's where we're starting yeah, with this. Really bad. Uh, now, the- I, can I just say though that was the only weakness I saw with the Eagles as well. That was their only. But weakness. But they weren't as bad. They weren't as bad. Yeah. No, you watch it on tape in the Seattle Seahawks and their inability to stop the run is mesmerizingly bad. Wow. <laughs> you watch it, and you're blown away by that. So I am. I, I, I'm encouraged that in that regard about being able to come off the ball. The running back situation right now, Max, for the Arizona Cardinals is all messed up, though. That's the problem. The running back, James Connors banged up. Daryl Williams is going to miss, I think, a couple of weeks. Um, Eno Benjamin is, I'm good to go with Eno Benjamin. I'll roll with that. But the loss of James Conner and Daryl Williams uh, in particular, that concerns me. Well, yeah, and, and it should. I mean, you think about, you know, both of those guys being very physical and very tough backs. So to lose them and Eno Benjamin, you know, like I said, he did a great job last week instead of, um, those guys being in there. But once again, it's still, you want depth, A, and you want that change. Eno was a change-up type of back. You still need that bread-and-butter type of back um, to come in here and actually, you know, just be the every-down guy. I don't know if Eno is that guy, um, but we knew James Conner. I mean, you know, he's already got 200 yards on the year um, rushing. Um, so you don't want to lose that type of production um, in, in the backfield, especially when you're considering, you know, what Kyle is going to have to go through. And, of course, James was also a very good pass-blocking running back as well. Yes. So it's, it's going to be a challenge. Now, Seahawks, you have an opportunity there. And, and like you said, well, you, you want to stable the running backs because you want to take advantage and exploit. But at the same time, this is a team that I think you can still be well-rounded. I don't necessarily say insert Kyler Murray as my de facto running back or backup or however you want to treat it. But it's going to be, I think, a good game to kind of get yourselves back into it. I know Seattle has been a place that's been unforgiving um, for the Cardinals over the years, but it is a winnable place right now. Max, um, when you look at the the Seahawks run defense and you see how bad it is, and, and Wolf's going to go into more detail on this later on in the show, but I mean he's he's made it pretty clear. You, look, you don't even have to watch the tape. You can tell the Seahawks can't stop the run. Wolf, you were saying though, watching the tape, they struggle pretty much at every level to stop the run. Yes. So Max, as a as an offensive lineman, when you're looking at a matchup like that, I mean, I assume you go into the game wanting to just run and run and run until they prove that they can slow you down. Yeah, yeah, their their defense is averaging giving up 430 yards a game. So pretty much pick what you want to do and just continue to do it. (laughs) Um, And they're giving up on average 30 points a game. So I think when you look at that, I think you have to say, hey, offensive line, get the first level, work up to that second level. And we're not worried about the secondary because they don't know how to tackle. Um, but it is going to be something you don't want to take this for granted at the same time. You want to make sure that you come in screwed in to make sure that you don't have a lull because you're looking at all of this tantalizing stuff, right? It's like a kid going into a candy store. 
bad rush defense. They can't sack the quarterback. They get the, the, the secondary is okay, but we can throw on them. You know, you, you don't want to start being enamored with everything and get away from what the business is, and that's making sure that you have yourself fully prepared to go up against an opponent that's in division. Because division, you have to throw it out the window a little bit, but they are very gettable, and this is a team I saw in the preseason, and they have not gotten that much better since I saw them. Yeah, you know what? I I will tell you right now that I would, if I were the Arizona Cardinals, I'd love to see them come out and run the ball and, and run it every play. And if you don't move the sticks after the first three plays, okay, you go ahead and punt it. You've done that before. And by the way, the Seattle Seahawks, nobody, nobody has had fewer three and outs than the Seattle Seahawks defense this year. This, this is the week to get nobody. right. I mean, this is what I'm saying. I, 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 If I were Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals and Kyler, I'd come out and I'd hand the ball off three consecutive times and dare the Seattle Seahawks to stop you. You got to punch them in the mouth. And run the ball because they're bad. Yeah, they're I w- really. I want to make sure I draw the distinction here for for people because I know a lot of people will be like, "Wolf wants to run the ball most weeks. Why? What makes this week different? The Seahawks can't tackle. That's what makes this week different. That's where this is yeah. where I'm 100 percent with you, Wolf. You've got to just run at this team until they show you they can stop you, right, Max? Absolutely. I mean, and you're looking at that front, Shelby Harris. Um, Al Woods, Puna Ford, Daryl Taylor, Uchenna Uosu. Um, tell me when you found somebody that you yeah. know is an absolute rock star. I can't name one. I don't see one on there. Now listen, and Al Woods, one of my former teammates, love Al to death. Al is a dinosaur right now, as far as it as far as it goes. And that's your starting nose tackle. So I mean, you look at this team, and you're just like. Man, I was like, boy, could y'all use some extra draft picks uh, next year? <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? Right. Because it should almost be like a like you should get pity picks, not compensatory, but pity picks. Because when you look at this roster, it is it is not imposing at all. But once again, you don't want to take it for granted and start to and then lull you to sleep. You still want to go out there and you want to make sure that they know that they're bad by your play because you're playing at a, at a at a high level. Yeah, you know, once again, this is exactly why you take a quarterback and you stick him under center for this game right here. Because yeah. there are certain plays you can run against this defense. See, this is where you've got to be able, you've got to be capable to actually do this. Because Seattle's going to give you stuff, and, and it's not like they want to give it to you. They just can't stop you. Right. But if you don't take it, it's just going to get left out there on the field. Exactly, and this is the reason why you've got to be capable as an offense of being whatever you need to be to beat your opponent. This is what I talk about all the time because Bill Belichick talked about it all the time. we got to be capable of taking advantage of their weakness and whatever that weakness is. Now listen, the Seattle Seahawks have a lot of weaknesses. <laughs> they do on the defensive side yeah, of the Yeah, but they ball. do score on offense. So, like, to Max's point, you right. better score when you have the ball if you're the Cardinals because it's not like you're, you're probably not going to hold Seattle to 17 points. But their worst weakness, as far as I'm concerned, is their ability to tackle and stop the run. And because of that, this is where this is the week you want to be able to take advantage of that. Do you agree with the philosophy overall, Max? No, I mean, I I agree with the philosophy. I mean, this is one where you just want to go into the street fight. You got some brass knuckles, right? And you just punch them in the mouth. I mean, that's essentially what 
this game is. This game, there is no fluff. Now, you can throw fluff in there to throw off your other opponents that are scouting this film. Or, you can or, throw a couple of those things in. But, but get the bread and butter out of the way. And also, get the offensive line confidence. Get them going early so that they, they already know that at any given moment, we're just going to run the ball down your throat. And we don't need Kyler necessarily to win the game for us through the air, but we can put it on the backs of the offensive line and the running game, Amen. and we can go ahead and control this game, yes. get us out here, limit the, the exposure to our defense, because the longer we possess and run the football, the better it's going to be for our defense, who does not have to be on the field defending. All right, we come back. The Cardinals' offensive line struggled against the Chiefs in Week 1. They've been pretty good ever since. Smack Stark's going to break it down next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.